All right, folks, if you want to turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. Matthew 14 is where we're going to be looking today. We're continuing our series here at Chalmers on real faith, where we're looking at the life, the real life that Christ calls us to lead, requires, demands real faith on our part. And so how do we take those steps of faith Now last week, we looked at Matthew 14 and 15 when we looked at the feeding of the multitudes that Jesus does in those two chapters. This week I want us to look very specifically at something that happens between those, starting at verse 22. Again, if you remember last week, the context of this is that Jesus has just heard that John the Baptist, his cousin and very close friend, has passed away. He was murdered. And so Jesus tries to get away with his disciples. He tries to get away and for his disciples to have a little bit of time to reflect and to kind of recoup. And yet a crowd follows him. And he has compassion on them and he feeds them. Later on, in verse 22, after the crowd has been fed and he has dismissed them, this is what we read. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, the other side of the lake, while he dismissed the crowd. After Jesus had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. There's a lot of things I want to show us in this passage. This is certainly not the main point of today's message, but it is so incredibly important that I want us to just stop for a minute and take note. Jesus goes up on the mountainside by himself to pray. He's praying to God. He's praying to God the Father. And for many of us, this might seem kind of strange. Jesus is God, and so he takes time to go and pray to himself? Like, what is he doing here? Why does he need to pray? Why is this significant? And this is why. Jesus is God. He's 100% divine, 100% human. Fully God, fully man. That's what we understand who Jesus is. He has to be both those things. However, when Jesus comes to earth... When he's born of a virgin, at that moment, Jesus self-limits himself. He puts aside his omnis, his alls, his all-powerful, all-everywhere, all-knowing, and he takes on the form of a servant. And so Jesus, often we can think, well, you know, Jesus can walk on water because he's God. Or Jesus can heal people because he's God. Or Jesus can multiply these bread because he's God. That's not the case. Yes, Jesus is absolutely 100% God. But he has taken the omnis, all of the power of God, and he has put that to the side. And he lives as a human being. Still divine, still could pull out his all-present, all-knowing nature, but decides not to, puts that to the side. And so Jesus, 
wasn't all wise. He relied fully on his Father through the Holy Spirit in prayer for wisdom. Jesus, by himself, was not all powerful. He relied on the Father through the Holy Spirit for the power to heal. Jesus didn't know how the end of the story was going to end. He relied fully on the Father through the Holy Spirit for wisdom in how to act. And this may sound absolutely crazy, but why else would he need to pray? Because he needed that connection with God. He needed that connection with God. And the fact is, folks, this is great news for us. Because it reminds us that, if number one, if Jesus needed to pray, we need to pray. But it also reminds us that the things that Jesus did, then when he leaves us and he says, you're going to do even greater things than these, and we think, but Jesus, you're God. And it's true. But we have the same Holy Spirit in us that was in Jesus. And so, when he says, you will do even greater things than these, he's telling the truth and he's meaning it. Back to that first point for a second. There are some of us here who find it difficult to pray, who find it difficult to find time to pray, who find it difficult to know what to say to pray. Some of us don't pray because we think that we're not good enough to pray. Some of us don't pray because we don't think we have the right words to pray. Those are all cop-outs. Jesus says to come to the Father as we are. He shows us how to pray, and he tells us that we need to pray. And if Jesus took time to pray, and his ministry was for three years on earth, and he had to save the world in three years, then certainly we can find time to pray. Well, if you're not taking time to pray, then you're saying that you're better than Jesus. That you don't need what Jesus needed. And if that's the case, man, you better, <laughs> you better correct that thinking. We need to pray. So vital. But totally not the point of today's message. So, let's get back on track for a second. So Jesus went up on the mountains to pray. Then it says this. So time with God is vital. Later that night, he was there alone. Jesus was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against us. There was a storm that had happened. And in this region, storms came quite quickly and without any notice. And so these disciples, most of them who were fishermen, most of them who were very skilled sailors, get into a situation where they are in a storm. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went to them, walking on the lake. Friends, can we just acknowledge that if Jesus can feed 5,000 people if Jesus can make the blind see and the lame walk, if Jesus can save us from our sins, then Jesus can walk on water. Can we say that that's okay? Yeah. Don't necessarily go to the pier and try to walk on water unless Jesus calls you to it, okay? But Jesus did it. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. That's the next thing I want us to see here. Jesus commands courage, 
in the midst of the storm. Jesus commands courage in the midst of the storm. Here's the reality, folks. In life, there are storms. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I would imagine that at least a third to half of you are right now going through a storm in life. Maybe it is kind of a, a rocky part in your marriage. Maybe you're, you're having to deal with a disobedient child. Maybe you're stressed at, about something that's happening at work. Maybe you're dealing with some financial uncertainties. Maybe you're, you're dealing with an aging parent or some health concerns of your own. Maybe you're dealing with uncertainty of future plans. Whatever it might be, there are storms that come up in life. And when there are storms, Jesus says to take courage in the midst of those storms. Now, let me just talk about storms for a second, because Jesus talks about storms a fair bit. In Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27, this is what Jesus says about storms. He says, therefore, and listen to this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine that Jesus is speaking and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Elaine was just talking about being a rock in an uncertain time. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock, the rock being the teachings of Jesus. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now let me ask you a question. Which house, the one on the rock or the one on the sand, which house did the storms of life come on? Both. The fact is, the storms of life do not necessarily mean that you're not being good enough. The storms of life do not necessarily have anything to do with you being good or bad. For that part, the storms of life actually also have absolutely nothing to do with God's faithfulness to you. The storms of life are about the fallenness of the world that we live in, and yet God's faithfulness is still there. He is the rock that we lean on in the storms of life. And if you trust him, he will pull you through. Continuing on in Matthew 14. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. And then Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. This is like an amazing moment in Peter's life, right? Like, put yourself in his shoes, his dry shoes. He's walking on a lake, focused on Jesus. This is something that, like, no one else could say, yeah, yeah, I've done that too. Like, this is an amazing moment for Peter. And he's showing here a great deal of faith. Now, say what you will of Peter. He's kind of this, this guy who rushes into things. He doesn't always think through things. But in this moment, he is showing a great deal of faith. And again, some of us can say, yeah, you know what? I have a hard time with faith. I want to tell you something. The Bible talks about faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit. 
It's on the same level or similar to things like leadership and shepherding and tongues and service and craftsmanship and all these other gifts that God gives to people who love him. What does that not mean? What does that not mean? Just because it's a gift that some people have, just because some people have the gift of faith, it doesn't mean that they're the only people that can have faith. It doesn't mean that they're able to have faith and other people aren't. Because if you look at the gifts, the things like evangelism and service and and things that all of us are supposed to be doing already, it just means that some people who are gifted in it will have an easier time expressing that gift. And there are some people who have an easier time with faith than others. I'm going to tell you, I believe that I have an easier time with faith than other people do. I believe that, that for, for whatever reason, I have, I, have, I have that gift of faith where, and it doesn't mean that, that I, don't, I don't doubt, but I know that God still does amazing things in this world. I know that. I believe that. It's not hard for me to believe. I know that God still heals people. I know that God still does miracles. I know that God can do whatever God wants in this world. And I'm someone who would say, God, I want you to do whatever you want through me, in me. I know that God can bring a revival to this this community. And I've been praying for that. And I am excited about what God wants to do. And I just want to be on board. And that's one of the ways that I express my faith. And some of you might go, yeah, Brian, I don't have that at all. And that's okay. Just because you might not have the gift of faith doesn't mean that you don't have faith. and doesn't mean that you shouldn't be working on your faith as well. And what that might mean is that you might just need to hang out with people who have more faith than you. And that's okay. And to say, yeah, you know what? I'm doubting right now. I'm struggling with some stuff. I just need to be around people who believe and who have, have more faith than I do. Because how much faith does Jesus say that we really need? The size of a mustard seed. Like, he doesn't say you need this much faith to be my disciple. No, no, no. He says, like, if you have, like, an inkling of faith, I'll work with that. If you have an inkling of faith, I'll work with that. What's an inkling of faith mean? An inkling of faith is when you say, you know what, Jesus, I don't know all of the answers here. I, I doubt a whole lot, but I, I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to step out in faith. That's enough. That's enough. Jesus can work with that much faith. And if that's about the amount of faith that you're feeling right now, I want to encourage you to hang out with those who you feel like might have more faith than you. Or to read your Bible more, to remember God's faithfulness to the Israelites and to his people and to the early church. To journal more about where you might have seen God's faithfulness in your life. And you might have a hard time thinking about that, but I'm sure that you can think about at least one or two ways that God has shown his love and faithfulness to you. And to journal that. And to ask God to help you readjust your lens. Ask God to readjust your lens so that you can start to see his faithfulness all around you. Just so you know, last week I said that I gave the suggestion that some of you might need to start journaling to remember God's faithfulness. And I said, I kind of suck at that. And so my wife went out and got me a journal because she wanted to hold me accountable. (laughs) And it's it's got one entry in it. Because I knew that if I came here, 
today and it was blank, <laughs> that I'd be in trouble. And you guys would be like, Brian, you stood up and you said you're going to start journaling. And I was like, yes, right, I need to start doing that. So I started. And I'm certainly nowhere perfect on that. And some of you do that a lot better than I do. Now, what does Peter do? Peter steps out of the boat. Give me a second. See, because we really want to be like Peter, right? Like, we want to step out of the boat. We want to say, yeah, okay, Jesus, you are doing an awesome job there. You're walking on on the water. And that's great. And I'm with you, Jesus. I'm excited. I want to step out of the boat, too. But you're doing an awesome job walking on water. And, well, you know, I know a little bit about physics. And uh, I've gone swimming before. And, and the water's pretty deep here. And, yeah, but, but I'm, I'm ready to step out of the boat, Jesus, right? I just, I want my plan B. If I don't stand on the water like you do, if you call me out and I sink, I want to be ready. I want to be prepared. I don't want to look like a fool. But here's the thing. When you talk about faith, there's no plan B. When you talk about stepping out of the boat, you step out of the boat without a life jacket on. You step out of the boat without the other 11 disciples ready to throw you a line. You step out of the boat and you trust. And the fact is, folks, when Jesus calls you to step out of the boat in your life, whatever, whatever that's going to look like, when Jesus calls you to step out of the boat, we better step out of the boat. And for sure, that call will probably be into something that is unknown. Because if Jesus calls you to step out of the boat into something that you're already familiar with, that doesn't really sound like what happened to Peter, right? Peter's very comfortable on the boat. Peter's an okay swimmer. He's never walked on water before. This is new territory. This is brand new. And Jesus calls him out to walk on the water. Stepping out of the boat involves risk. It involves danger. Maybe for you it's going to involve a financial risk. Risk of your reputation. It might involve hard emotions or hurt feelings, or even physical danger. I'm not saying that stepping out of the boat is easy. Please hear me there. I'm not saying that stepping out of the boat is safe. But when we step out in faith, there is danger, there is uncertainty, but there is our Savior with us. And the fact is, folks, I wanted to talk to you about this kind of on an an individual level, but also as a church. Because if God calls us as the church to step out in faith, which he does, we better answer yes. And we need to answer yes and not worry about, well, but what happens if it doesn't work? What's our plan B going to be? Because if we're worried about a plan B, that's not faith. We need to take big moves forward when Jesus calls us to, take big moves forward in faith in such a way that if God doesn't show up, everything's going to fail. If God doesn't show up, everything's going to fail. If God doesn't do his part, it's not going to work. 
Because us just doing what we can do by ourselves isn't faith. Peter was a great fisherman. He could have, could have stayed on the boat. He could have fished. He was good at that. But he needed God to step out of the boat. Now, back to 14 here. So Peter does this amazing thing. He steps out of the boat. He starts walking on water. But then he saw the wind, and he was afraid, and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he said, you have a little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed under the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, truly, you are the Son of God. Now again, I want to just clarify something for us. Peter does not doubt Jesus. Peter does not doubt Jesus here. Jesus is walking on water. Jesus does not look concerned or worried or stressed. Jesus is doing what Jesus was going to do. And when Peter steps out of the boat and focuses on Jesus, he walks on water. Peter doesn't doubt Jesus. Peter doubts himself. You see, Peter gets himself into this situation. He steps out in faith, and that's a good, good work, Peter. That's good. He steps out in faith. He gets into a situation that is absolutely impossible. If God doesn't show up, it's not going to work. But then he starts to look around, and he sees the wind and the waves. Maybe he looks back at the boat, and he sees the people who didn't step out in faith, and they're worried looks. He looks around, and he sees that he's doing the impossible. And he can't do the impossible. He knows this. Logic kind of comes back to his head, and he goes, hold on a second. I can't walk on water. And he begins to sink. You see, he focuses on himself instead of on what God is doing. He focuses on himself instead of what God is doing. And he says, I can't do this. And he's absolutely right. I can't do this. We can't do this. You can't do whatever God is calling you to step out and do by yourself. You can't. So let's get over ourselves and say, yeah, I can't do it. But God through me can. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. The power of God for his glory. And when he calls us to step out in faith, we need to be obedient. And we need to focus on his promise and his words and his faithfulness rather than our circumstances. And that's not easy. Because the circumstances in life will yell at you. And the people in the boat will mock you. And we need to just ignore those voices and focus on Jesus. Last thing here is that when Jesus steps into the boat, the storm dies down. Those of you who are in the middle of a storm, know that Jesus is there with you and that he can carry you through that storm. Let me just end with this, with a couple questions for you. Is God calling you to do something big, something scary, something amazing? Is God calling you to do that? And if so, are you thinking, I don't think I can do it? Because you can't. But through God, you can, 
when you are trusting in him and walking in his steps, don't run before him, but walk with him, I want to invite you to take that step of faith. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, take that step of faith. If you need to hold someone's hand while you do it, hold someone's hand while you do it, but take the step of faith and get out of the boat. Number two, if you are uncertain about whether God is calling you to take a step of faith, I want to challenge you that maybe you're not listening to God. Maybe you feel pretty comfortable in your faith. Maybe you're, you're pretty satisfied. You know, I'm here Sunday mornings. I, I got my well, semi-comfortable pew. God never really expects very much of you, you think, and you're pretty happy with that. I want to challenge you on that. I want to challenge you to pray and ask God, what is it that he's calling you to? And then really listen to God. And listen to God because the fact is, if you think that Jesus wants you to live comfortably, if you think that Jesus doesn't want you to step out in faith, I want to suggest to you that maybe you're not listening to him. Because when I read scripture, and I'm, I'm sure that when you read scripture as well, we can come to the agreement that Jesus doesn't call the disciples to a comfortable life. He calls them to sacrifice. He calls them to adventure, but certainly not comfort. And so if you're sitting here going, yeah, you know what? My faith is pretty comfortable. Jesus doesn't ask me to do anything kind of extreme, anything uncomfortable. You know, I'm happy in my boat. Maybe you haven't been listening to the one out on the sea calling you to come out of the boat and to follow him. And if you're not, guess what? Today's the best day to start. Today's the best day to start and to look out and say, oh, he's beckoning me out of my comfort zone. He's beckoning me out of this boat into the waves and into the storm. But with him, I can do it. With him, I'll be okay. I want to invite you to take that step of faith. Or at least to ask God to help you to take that step of faith today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good. And you are faithful and you are loving. And your mercy for us endures through all of our unfaithfulness. And God, your, your love for us is not dependent on our love for you or on our faithfulness to you. And yet, Lord, we want to be faithful to you. We want to be a people that when you call us to step out in faith, that we do. When you call us to have that conversation with our neighbor, that we would be obedient. When you call us to go out and to love that person who's unlovable, that we would go out and do it. When you call us to set aside that addiction or that behavior or that thought that is just not from you, that we would do that. Father, we pray that you would find us faithful. We pray that as you're calling us out of the boat, that we would step out. And Lord, I just pray right now for those who are feeling pretty comfortable. And Lord, I ask that you would take them out of their comfort. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit right now would jostle them out of comfort and into faithfulness. And Father, for those who have taken a step of faith, 
and are starting to doubt or are starting to wonder if that's really what you've asked them to do. And they're looking at the wind and the waves, they're looking at, at the circumstances around them. I pray that you would focus their eyes back on you. Thank you, Lord, that when you are with us, we can walk on water. Thank you, Jesus, in Christ's name. Amen.